talk a little TransLink. Today, the TransLink uh, Mayor's Council detailed its wish list uh, for federal funding to help pay for a lot of transit improvements across Metro Vancouver. A huge list, uh, a new bus rapid transit project, projects, sorry, giving that would be about $375 million uh, for, for that expanded bus fleet, $1.4 million for uh, bus depot capacity, $70 million for active transportation, $120 million for the Golden Ears Way uh, BRT readiness project. Lots and lots of money is required, uh, and the uh, local folks here, the Metro Vancouver TransLink Mayor's Council, as well as TransLink itself, believes that money should be coming from uh, uh, Ottawa. Take a listen. If funding doesn't uh, materialize from the federal government and the provincial government, then, yeah, the, the projects won't be able to move forward. Uh, and you're going to see a deterioration uh, in our transit system at exactly the same time as there's never been more pressure on it. Transit ridership has recovered faster in Metro Vancouver than anywhere in North America. Uh, the system is full. Um, people are, are using it. Uh, there's huge demand. There's overcrowding. And you add 70,000 people a year I mean, do the math, right? It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward to figure out what's going to happen. Take the permanent transit fund, which is something that they've announced that they're going to do, but they say, oh, we'll do it in 2026. We're saying we can't wait till 2026. We need to get these projects delivered now. Some of these projects take some time to deliver as well. You can't wait two years for people to get their ducks in a row in Ottawa when the need is urgent and the need is now. So we're asking them to accelerate that permanent transit fund and, you know, they've already earmarked the money. That was uh, Port Coquitlam Mayor Brad West, who's also chair of the TransLink Mayor's Council. Well, joining us now to talk a little bit about transit, uh, and we're also going to talk a bit about energy policy. We'll get to that in a moment uh, when it comes to the provincial government. Joining me now is Richard Zussman, Global BC's legislative reporter. Good afternoon, Richard. Hey, Josh, thanks for having me. Uh, your thoughts, first and foremost, on this. What's the chance of this actually happening? Every time I hear uh, local leaders, whether it's at the regional board, uh, regional level, Metro Vancouver regional level, or at the local level, I kind of shake my head and go, come on, you guys actually think the Ottawa is going to uh, give you dollars? The minute they give you any money, Calgary is going to be lining up, Edmonton, Toronto, uh, any medium-sized city as well. How real is this request? Yeah, so Ottawa has been really interested in building big projects. Broadway extension, the Surrey SkyTrain project. These are the sort of things Ottawa likes to get behind. Lots of ribbon cuttings, big physical infrastructure. Boosting bus service, uh, increased bus loops, increased buses. Those are things that the federal government is far less Uh, inclined to help support. And Mayor West points out correctly that there has been money earmarked for these types of transit projects, but Vancouver is asking for a greater share uh, than uh, it would typically get based on population. And getting those projects through with that fund uh, seems to be challenging. Uh, The province is more willing to be a partner here when it comes uh, to funding. The challenge, obviously, there are a few tools municipalities have. Uh, The province has told them, in essence, you cannot put in mobility pricing. Some jurisdictions have looked at that as a way to fund transit. So those that live in the suburbs uh, pay the bill to build transit every time they drive into a population centre like Vancouver. So that's off the table 
uh, for this provincial government. And if BC United's elected, it would be off the table for them too. The other option would be fares. We've already seen fares go up. They are already some of the highest in North America. So increasing fares to pay for future transit does not seem like something they're interested in doing. So you're left in a situation like this where there are limited tools. There's even conversation about changing the way that gas taxes work. So if a government decides to remove some of the gas tax when it comes to transit funding, because we know right now in Metro Vancouver, part of what you pay every time you fill up your car uh, is money towards transit. That's not going up either. There's no appetite for that. So really the only way, Jazz, that any of this is going to be paid for is by a big check from Ottawa and Victoria. Mm -hmm. And I'm not convinced Ottawa, even though that infrastructure money should be there, I'm not sure this is where uh, they want to earmark those funds. Yeah, I mean, think about the price tag, by the way. Uh, I had just given you a few projects there, you know, $375 million here, $10 million there. The the plan's uh, price tag over a decade is $21 billion dollars that includes rapid transit to the north shore sky train expansions including including the ubc the sfu gondola project and of course bus rapid transit well so it's 21 billion over 10 years and you raise a very good point um the, the transit because of its funding model um does face a 4.7 billion dollar funding shortfall over the next decade which transit maintains that if 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 we continue the way we are right now can, and we don't change anything they'll they'll be forced to cut deeply and cut service by 60% and that goes back to what you're saying um uh, Richard uh, is that's the gas tax that pays for transit right now every time anybody gasses up the old fashioned way 17 cents per liter 17 cents per liter goes to Translink and that goes up every year as well but 17 cents every time Somebody buys a Tesla, they're not paying the gas tax or the TransLink tax, so that's 17 cents per liter. So every single day, there is an existential challenge when it comes to funding of TransLink. I mean, you had another couple of years. This is going to get very serious for them very quickly in regards to funding. Is there any appetite in Victoria to change this funding model at all, Richard? I mean, is it literally maybe Victoria needs to write a check to save this system? Because every day, every year, it's going to change. Yeah, there is a willingness here, and and this government has proven it. They helped uh, put money in place to help support transit, seeing a massive drop-off in revenues due to the pandemic. That, in part, allowed them to keep service up, keep consistency. We see ridership go up. The other thing, and I know this is a favorite topic of yours, Jazz, we are seeing a massive population boom in Metro Vancouver. You know, 250,000 people have come to BC in the last two years. A majority of them have moved into Metro Vancouver. When people move into a place like Vancouver, there is a heavily reliance on transit to get to work, uh, to move around to get supports, to move around to see friends and family. Uh, that's putting additional pressure, as Mayor West described, on a system that's seeing the fastest return to normal out of all the public transit systems in North America. Victoria knows all this, and, and the provincial government is committed to help support transit. They feel like it was a win. We remember those fights between the mayors in Vancouver and the Christy Clark-led government, and uh, they are trying to turn a page on that in Victoria. But this is a big ask. This is a big financial ask. And there are a lot of requests all over the place. But the tools, as you and I have talked about, are extremely limited when it comes to where you can get your money. And you rightly point out with more electric vehicles on the road, uh, the revenues that come from that gas tax are going to go down. So I have a sense that that is likely going to change, that we may see 
some way for the province to say, hey, for every electric vehicle purchased, part of that money needs to go into supporting public transit uh, across the province. Maybe they find ways to bill electricity when you're charging your car at home. Part of that money gets rerouted to go towards paying for transit. There needs to be a sense of creativity here because there are so few levers to be pulled pulled when it comes to paying. Somebody has to pay. We all say, you know, there's only so many taxpayers in the province, but somebody needs to try to foot the bill for what everybody describes as a priority, but it seems like no one really wants to write the check. Mm. Let's touch on something else for, for, for a moment here. And, and that was something that uh, played out uh, today uh, during question period. It involved uh, uh, the energy minister, uh, Josie Osborne. It's regards to a memo that I guess she cut and pasted to herself, uh, which it was for sort of a, a broad thinking, think of, of where, where I guess energy policy would be going. Somehow that letter fell out of her booklet or her binder <laughs> and, and the BC United folks found it yesterday and they brought it up in question period today. Uh, walk me through what transpired and what does that memo tell us? Yeah, so really what you should take from it is the fact that this government is looking at ways uh, to address affordability through uh, carbon pricing and providing rebates back to British Columbians. So there, this is Josie Osborne. Uh, it was advice. It's unclear exactly who it came from, but she wanted to have that advice, so she put it in an email and printed that email out. And as you described, it ended up on the floor somewhere, and the opposition ended up picking it up. But we've spoken to Josie Osborne today. We've spoken to Premier David Eby, and both of them acknowledge that the province is seriously looking at some sort of rebate. So what the um, memo describes is a situation where the province should look at the option of returning a portion of incremental carbon tax back to people on their monthly BC hydro bills. The other thing that's being considered, I quote, instead of giving people a one-off bill credit or increasing quarterly CATC payments, we should give them a clean BC rebate that shows up on their monthly BC hydro bills. We can announce that we're going to use carbon tax revenues to freeze BC hydro rates for people. This is comes back to that debate that we've been having around the carbon tax and how much that is uh, applying to cost of living on British Columbians. And the province is clearly looking at options to tackle that through saying, well, yes, we're collecting carbon tax, but here's the way directly it comes back to you, and you can see that every month on your hydro bill. This is a political exercise at the end of the day. It's not like they're, sure. they're going to stop carbon tax. It's just to recognize people's frustration about affordability. They they see an increase in carbon tax every single year, which they're going to see and have to pay for up until 2030. Uh, it's, it's, it's in many ways an acknowledgement by the government, okay, people are really angry. Affordability is a challenge, as you say, and we're going to have to be seen doing something here. It's a bit cynical to a certain degree, isn't it? I mean, it's perhaps acknowledging reality more than anything. Yeah, and it's, and it's hard to figure out exactly how much the carbon tax is costing you and I on a day-to-day basis. People don't keep track of the taxes they pay when they fill up their car. People don't keep uh, track of how much they pay at the grocery store that may be passed on to you because getting food from the fields to the grocery store by truck are much more expensive now than they were before. So it's hard to even understand how much you're getting back compared to how much uh, is being collected in terms of a carbon tax. Uh, but 
rightfully you point this out, this is a political issue now. Pierre Polyev has been incredibly effective in Ottawa saying scrap the tax. And now British Columbians are asking, demanding the fact that they want to see uh, something here. Yes, people care about climate change, but it's becoming increasingly harder to pay those bills. And they want to see some acknowledgement from government that they feel that pressure too and, and will help put some of that back into people's pockets well it's uh, it's uh, not going to go away and uh, von palmer was on the <laughs> yeah. show earlier today and he was saying look you can see it part of the provincial election campaign and the federal one where uh, it's going to be coming down to affordability and people's ability to get get ahead and the number one place to look at is at the pump uh and uh, it's not going away that's for sure richard as always thank you for your time yeah thanks jess talk soon